Hello and welcome back to Life in North Dallas. We're your hosts, Louis Manto and Eric Manto. Our goal as a channel is to share the most current and exciting North Dallas market trends, quality of life experiences, and areas of interest so that we can be your go-to experts in North Dallas. Come with us as we explore the communities, lifestyles, and people living right here in North Dallas. And we're back with yet another outstanding episode here of Life in North Dallas. Lewis, this is going to be a jam-packed episode. Tell us who we have today. Yeah, we're very excited. We've got two guests today, which is going to be a first here on Life in North Dallas. Very special guests um, to start. It's a father-daughter duo, which is very exciting. Uh, They're up in Salina. He has a bachelor's degree in emergency administration and a master's degree in public administration. He served as the deputy fire chief for several years in Salina, Texas, and is currently the assistant fire chief for Salina, Texas. She, on the other hand, is a young and talented entrepreneur who has followed her passion for baking and cooking. After graduating from Prosper High School, same year as me, 2016, she moved to New York to attend the gra- and graduate from the Culinary Institute of America. She then worked on the National Geogra- Geographic cruise ship, baking and cooking and gaining valuable experience in the hospitality industry. Afterwards, she returned to the beautiful town of Salina, Texas, where she's opened her own bakery, Granny's Sweets, and she's been lighting up taste buds ever since. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the assistant fire chief for Salina, Texas, Eric Everson, and Granny's Sweets owner, Michaela Everson. All right, all right. Hey, we got applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're really excited to have y'all on today. This is a, a great duo to have on and and we're stoked for the conversation we're going to have. We appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. No, this is very fun. And as a as our father and son real estate team, you know, it's always fun to meet other, you know, life uh, families here in the area that are doing similar things and you guys, I know your dad's office kind of looks out over to your bakery over there. He can look at that, making sure you're there working. I know you, you've got an amazing work ethic, so he doesn't have to really worry about that. But Eric, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what brought you up here to Salina, Texas to work in the fire department? No, that's great. So I I started my fire service in uh, the colony, actually, and I was there for about two and a half years as a rookie firefighter. Um, It was a great experience for me. It, uh, it was a small department. It was a combination volunteer and career fire department, and it was growing fast, but um, my uh, high school was in, I went to Plano East, uh, so I kind of awesome. grew up in Plano, and my aspirations were always to be in a little bit larger department, so I was fortunate enough to get hired in Plano, and I worked in Plano for 20 years. Wow. So while I was in Plano, um, <clears throat> I actually got introduced to the assistant chief at the time here in Salina, a gentleman by the name of Kyle Mills. Mm-hmm. Some of you may Hi. know yeah. Kyle. And uh, Kyle kind of told me about Salina and the future growth, and they at the time, they were all volunteer. So I started volunteering wow. in Salina in 2008. So I, I started as a volunteer in Salina, and it was, uh, you know, an incredibly growing, fast community. And, you know, <clears throat> a lot of that was talked about, but it's we're starting to see that actually right. happen now. And sure. so the thing that I really fell in love with is the the culture that we've built up there. It's a very family-centered culture. Um, yeah. we're, we're big on family because, you know, the, the guys live up there 24 hours, and they're off for two days. But they're, it's kind of like they're, they're home away from home. And hmm. so, wow. the, you know, it's, it's hard for them when they're away from their young kids and things like that. So one of the things we've tried to do is bring the families to the fire station. So, I, you know, their wives, the kids, I want them to feel just as comfortable coming to the fire station as, yeah. as the guys do. 
and and wow. we've and we've seen a huge um, impact on that. And um, we've been very fortunate with our culture, and then also our growth. But we've um, we've you know we have we've been hiring a lot of people here lately, and and we've had um, about two hundred over two hundred applicants on our last process, wow. and it's just it's been really it's uh, it, we've seen the fruition of that, and and you know we we preach it from the administration side, but the guys live it every day. They really do, mm. and that family culture really makes a big difference for for the guys, and and it and you know they feel. They feel connected, you know, in Salina, you know, the Salina's tagline is life connected. And we're mm-hmm. trying to do that, too, in the fire department. And I feel yeah. like that with that family <laughs> culture, it really has brought all the guys together. So all the wives know each other. The kids know each other. And, you know, and, and I think it's made a big difference. But um, the, it's been a kind of a full circle moment for me, kind of getting back to your original question. Um, when I hired in there uh, full time, when I did retire from Plano, um, it was a combination department very similar to the colony, um, kind of like it had come full circle for me. But um, at Salinas Buildout, we're going to be anywhere from 16 to 20 fire stations, and That's our incredible. population wow. in Salinas is going to be close to 400,000. <laughs> so it's it's um, it's really fun, and and all the experience and knowledge that I gained from the colony as well as Plano, which were both phenomenal departments and cities to work for, um, we've been able to kind of take the glean the things that have worked there and avoid the pitfalls that didn't necessarily mm. work as well. Yeah. And um, and we've been able to kind of you know hone that, and our fire chief as well, Mark Mecker. Came from uh, he's got forty years fire experience. Oh so yeah, he's got me beat by quite a bit. And he started in McKinney in nineteen seventy five. So oh gosh, wow. Yeah, yeah, so he's been around for a while, and no he, he kind of grew up in the Addison Fire Department. So um, you know, a lot of the same concepts in Plano, Addison, uh, the Colony are happening here with the growth, the high rise buildings, uh, multifamily, all that stuff. And you know, so yeah, so sure. being able to be a part of that, even a small part of that growth, and 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 building this department the way we want to build it. It's been mm. it's been so so amazing. Well, it's it's wow. again, you know, we're we've witnessed the growth happening all around us for so many years, and and now it feels like it's really, yeah. you know, the fire line has jumped three eighty, <laughs> if you will, right? Exactly. Not to use yeah. a fire analogy, but yeah. you know, now we're really seeing that growth accelerate to a, a high degree now, and and you know, having talked to Mayor Terry here recently, he yeah. kind of reiterated some of the things you just talked about. I have the whole, I love the whole life connected theme, yeah, and it obviously permeates all the departments, which is awesome, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. but you're able to really now, you know, you're not you're not kind of guesstimating, you know, moving forward in, in a blind tunnel. No. You have a lot of valuable experience yourself. And, you know, you bring up Plano Fire. I'm sure you get the pleasure of working with guys like Kevin Drissler and oh, Dan yeah. Anderson. And, yeah. you know, they're yeah. they're prosper stalwarts. And we've known yeah. them for 20 plus years as well. And those are great guys. Both and, phenomenal. Men, yeah. Yes, so I, I know you, you got to work with some outstanding talent there. And yes. now bringing all your knowledge here to Solana is only going to help them create a great you know fire department first responder yes you know section moving forward so yeah. you know kudos Very to exciting. you for well, taking that you. bull yeah, by the it, horns it's fun and i'm just a small part of it i really am it's, it's the whole organization that's Absolutely. strong and and you know and, and we worked well as a team and we definitely wouldn't be able to get it done if we didn't have the team that we did and and i you know i think just like anything if you don't have a good team whether it's on the football field or <laughs> in the yeah. you know in, in business or anything like that if you don't have a good team it's not going to work you know and, and no, no doubt and and i think the the stronger we are you know the, the it makes the whole the whole group better no really amazing and speaking yeah. of teams i know uh, your yeah. daughter here is you know, come back from life at sea, which uh, yes. I'm sure that was an amazing experience. I'm an ex-Navy man, so I didn't have quite <laughs> quite the culinary experience at sea that you were providing for your guests. But, you know, you took that CIA training, right, from New York and went right out to to work. And I know you said uh, when we chatted a long while ago that, you know, when you, when you left CIA, you kind of felt like, gosh, I don't know anything. And then 
you hit the ship and, you know, tell us how that was when you first got uh, aboard the ship. For sure. I mean, I just graduated from school. I feel like anybody from school, you go into that professional career and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big boy now. I'm a big girl now. You know, like I have to actually perform. And uh, I would definitely say like, you know, I didn't have a lot of confidence coming out of school. You learn so much. You're just kind of soaking it in like a sponge. So when I jumped on the boat and I was the only pastry chef on the boat, I was like, I have to know my, I have to know my stuff. Like yeah. I, if I get asked a question, I have, I have to have an answer. And so, wow. you know, a big thing, and we laugh about this now is I was like, I'm never going to touch bread again. Like that is the worst. I was like, my bread notes compared to all my other notes are like a sliver compared to like a binder. <laughs> um, and then I went on the cruise line and everybody knew me for my bread. So it was so funny just cause it was like, wow it really forced me to be fully developed and well-rounded mm. and still have that personality even behind closed doors. And uh, I was just really fortunate enough to feel like, okay, I'm working 18 hour days, two months straight. Like I'm really going to figure out if I love this <laughs> or if I hate this. Right. And, Absolutely. You know, every time I was at home and I had that month break, I was like, I can't wait to go back. Like I was wow. like, this is so fun. And you know, in the moment, you never appreciate it until it's gone. And, you know, when COVID hit and I wasn't on the boat anymore, I think about all those experiences that I had and the people that I got to meet and mm. the chef that I came out as. It was like, wow, okay, like this was such a cool uh, milestone in my career. Wow. And then awesome. from there, you know, I know you you kind of worked as a kitchen manager or manager there at Wal Toasted Walnut and you know, you were providing their uh, desserts and I think some of their, your breads as well. When did the idea finally come to open your own bakery? Well, I've always had this idea. It's kind of just been something on the back of my mind. Um, but at, at the time COVID hit, we didn't really know what was going on. Um, I was very gracious that Joey and Audra took me in. They're like, hey, come wait some tables. We don't have a pastry chef. Like if you want to provide desserts. Um, and I was just lucky cause my dad was the chief, like he was a part of the chief in the fire department at the time. So I was like, this is a good community. People really care. It, it was like prosper when we were in school sure, yeah. and I was like, I really want to invest in this community. And then I guess, you know, I got into Dante's good graces and started providing mm -hmm. cakes for toasted walnut and having yeah. that and, uh, Tinder. And I just started building all these relationships and I was like, this is God's timing if, I, if smacking me right in the face like this is the time to do it sure. and I've just been so fortunate over the two years to be in six restaurants and to have a backing in a community that supported my dream and made it really happen for me well that's very exciting and obviously you've had some great training here not only at CIA and at C but you know working in the community and kind of getting uh, your name out there so it'll oh, make yeah. you know the shop opening probably yeah. even that much more exciting for everybody and you already <laughs> you've kind of hit the ground running I know yeah. Lewis and I both are, are, you know, foodies, and Lewis is <laughs> no my doubt. fabulous bread chef and and uh, pizza chef. So, you know, we're excited to have you on board there. And, and Eric, you know, and Absolutely. for you, you know, she's a classic example of a young entrepreneur coming in, opening a business here in town. And Absolutely. you know, I'm sure that that changes, you know, the how you go to work every day and have to take care of these folks that are out there doing that. You know, yeah. what do we see in the business side of things? You know, how is business coming into Salina and taking, you know, the new opportunities they have to kind of get on the ground and hit the ground running. No, it's actually, it's, it's been really amazing actually. And you, and you look at um, what the, the city's vision, right? Uh, the city manager, Jason Lommer um, has got a great vision for the city. And one of the things that he, that he's done and in, in coordination with our EDC, um, Alexis Jackson, who is the EDC director, um, they've really put an emphasis and put 
um, EDC, you know, funds, they, they, they get a certain percentage of funds from tax revenue and mm-hmm. things like that. And they put those, that into reinvesting into the downtown area. I think Salina realized mm-hmm. really early on that the downtown was kind of the heart of the city. And so they've invested a lot and, and, wow. and they are in um, improving the roads or doing the inner loop projects. Mm-hmm. They're about to fix all the roads, the drainage issues, things like that. All mm-hmm. those things that you take for granted, but they have to get fixed. Right. Sure. And, and, you know, yeah. and, and the, it's been a, kind of a, a pressure point for a lot of the homeowners that live down there because it's been, you know, it's an older part of town and, and there, but sure. the city's put a ton of money and they're investing in it. And we all of course want it to happen yesterday, of course, <laughs> but it doesn't happen that fast, but they're, they have a great vision. They have a great plan. They have a, a great team in place to get that, make that happen. And we've seen some really neat um, restaurants and, and, you know, really kind of mom and pop shop hmm. type uh, things on that square, which makes it unique and make, and draws people down there. And then, of course, you coordinate oh, yeah. that with all the special events that Solana does right. to draw people down there and, and get them out there in the, out in there and see it. And long term, you know, the square is going to look a whole lot different than it does right hmm. now. So the city has a really cool um, long term, long range plan yep. where the current city hall sits now is an old bank building. That's actually going to get torn down and we'll we'll turn our, our rectangle into a true square. So yeah. that whole area will be much larger. They're gonna. There's some really neat ideas for some a long term or a permanent stage up there for musical acts. Awesome. Wow. So you know, and some really neat stuff down there. So that's so exciting. I think it's it's been a really fun coordinated effort because I, I do have access to what the city's plans are because I, I work. Our, my office is actually in the same building with engineering, so they I get to see the plans mm-hmm. and see all those fun things that are coming. And it's, it's it really is exciting. And and for where Michaela's putting her business right there on the square, we've we've got a great business partner there as well. Um, with Connor and Van Nichols, they're the owners of the of the of the building itself. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, yeah. uh, Little Wooden Penguin, Katie and Taylor, that are, mm-hmm. are yep. our general contractors. And wow. the thing that we've seen is that you know Solana d- really does support the businesses down there. And even during COVID, some of those restaurants, when other restaurants were shutting down, our restaurants in Solana were actually having record sales because the citizens yeah. were buying you know food to go instead wow. of having to, you know they couldn't go eat there, but they still supported the local wow. businesses and. And it really helped them get through this t- that tough time. So the the support of the community is phenomenal, and I think that um, you know we've looked at some of the successes that have other businesses have had, and we've tried to f- kind of follow those models as well. You look at Joey, who's the, you know one of the the primary owners of, of Toasted Walnut. Mm-hmm. He started in a, in another shop just in the back corner. It was a, it was a clothing boutique, and uh, you know Annie Jack, which is still there. Mm-hmm. They they've since yeah, moved yeah, into yeah. a little bit bigger space, but. Um, you know, he built a following literally in a corner with a, a hot plate and, and, a, <laughs> oh and a, a crock pot, you That's know, and, and he was able to feed a lot of people and people loved him. That's so awesome. that following that he built when they opened Tosa Walnut, it was already name recognition. People knew his face and that. And so we've kind of tried to follow that with with Michaela's business as well by, by getting into Tosa Walnut selling cakes, hmm. getting into tenders. And, you know, so people know the name. They see the sticker and Granny Sweeties and yeah. all that stuff. And, and I think that, you know, so now that when she opens her brick and mortar building, it won't be like oh, I wonder who this you know if they're any good right. or not. They've already yeah. had they've already they've had, had an opportunity to have it. That's and, and awesome. So that's been really it's been a blessing too. And then you know Katie and Taylor have built a great following as well in their in their business in Little Wooden Penguin. Uh, you know Dante is 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 phenomenal. I mean that guy's an incredible businessman, and he's got some great business mm. partners that he works with as well. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, expanded yeah. to multiple locations now, so he's sure. doing phenomenal. I, you know I, I I joked with him when he first opened. I said I hope you make like a million dollars, and now he's laughing me for that. You know, yeah. and I'm sure he's doing yeah. much better than that. I don't know what he makes, but I'm sure he's doing. They do very well, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and I'm so happy for him too. That Yelp nice. re- review that they got when they first opened that was, was crazy, great. and and it really brought a, and and it's in. 
that's the great thing is these businesses, as they thrive and the word gets out, it draws pe- even more people to the downtown area. Oh, yeah. So as you know, when Solana is that 300, 400,000 population, mm-hmm. they're still going to be very, that downtown area will always be populated and oh, people absolutely. want to come down there and see those cool yeah, when we, uh, shops. When we were talking to Sean Terry the other day, he was saying just the atmosphere that they create down there, right? I mean, yeah. they've always got the music playing and awesome. he was telling us they're expanding that. He was telling us that um, they're becoming a, a giga city, one of the yes. first giga cities, right? And exactly. so that leads me into with the with the fire department. How are we taking advantage of new technologies and and using those things to better help people and get to people faster and Absolutely. and all that fun stuff? Yeah. Right? So you know we um, there's two, it's kind of twofold actually. We do have some uh, some really great technology. Um, we have it basically mobile internet ports now in every engine, every ambulance. Wow. Um, so we can, oh, wow. you know, we can keep up with, uh, you know, our, our real time mapping. So we don't have any delays on, you know, finding the best, fastest route to get to people. Yeah. Um, we also use a lot of technology as far as data driven um, for fire stations. Right. So we hmm. we have um, kind of predetermined where the, the building growth is, but we're also very flexible. So there's a Legacy Hills development, which is going in off the tollway. And yep. it's um, it's a very densely. It's a really cool project. It's kind of like Legacy West area, um, and then also multifamily apartment complexes, also a lot of single family homes. And and the density was something that we didn't know about, that that we didn't know when it first came in. But so when we saw the plans, we, um, you know, again, Jason and the the, uh, city team negotiated instead of one fire station location in that development, we're gonna get two now. So we don't have a distance problem, but we have a density problem. So we, you know, we look at the fact that the density is gonna be so, thick during the day with the high-rise buildings and the office complexes um, and then the restaurants mm-hmm. and stuff so that the, you know it'll still be busy at night then you have you add in the multifamily and the single-family homes so by you know by always constantly reevaluating, we added a whole nother fire station site in that's in that in that area so you know by keeping up with that te- you know the, the you know always looking for for us when it comes to fire stations it's distance and des- density so fire station number three mm-hmm. which is we're building currently is off 1385 it's on the mm-hmm. far west border of salina wow. right, right near aubrey and mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. pilot yeah. point in that area that's a distance problem it takes us about 12 to 15 minutes from our current station to get out there to that community mm-hmm. so we okay. desperately desperately needed a, a fire station out there so mm-hmm. we, yeah. we felt that was the priority get that one built first and that takes care of our distance problem but then like sure. for legacy hills up in the you know up off the tollway we have a density problem, so we're able to add an extra fire station. Now, we so, also wow. understand that Methodist is building a new hospital yes. right in that general vicinity, exactly, right? Exactly, right. Yes. How's that going to impact things? It, that's going to be great for our guys, be, and, and really for the citizens, really, because yeah. now yeah. Um, our primary uh, our primary hospital that we transport to now is Baylor McKinney, which okay. is off of 380, okay, and, yeah. and it's it's close. It's it's you know, relatively close, and they sure. have phenomenal capacity there. For sure. uh, but, you know, having a hospital here close... Um, we'll make it that much faster. You can get to the, you know, get that next level care, that longer term That's type care. Amazing. So yeah. That's are there amazing. any plan? I know you know, living here for twenty plus years, right? The the medevac situation has always been kind of down at Main Street, Frisco, and that area. I think they yeah. have a, a medevac port there. You know, will that move based on how density is moving in this far north? It, it will. Actually, the one in Frisco actually has moved because oh, it has. because okay. of the traffic and the high ri- or the uh, power lines. They can't right. they can't mm. launch from there sa- safely as safely as they used to. Sure. So mm. now they're in base. Their home base is in McKinney. That's the care flight location. Okay. There's also a um, uh, oh gosh um, trauma care. Yeah. There's 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 three major uh, air evac. Care flight and uh, PHI. That's the one I couldn't think of all of a sudden. They're all oh, relatively sure. close. So we, okay. 
we um, we use depending on availability. We obviously go for who's available, but PHI. Um, carries whole blood. So they actually, if we have a, a significant trauma that needs blood products, then we can call PHI and then they can get blood products to the patient faster. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that we also do is we do triage which hospital we take people to based on what they're, what's going on with them. Uh, awesome. Like Medical City Plano is a, a bird center. They're also a level one trauma center. Uh, so a lot of times we'll triage if someone has a bad trauma or something, a, a significant burn. Mm. We'll go to Medical City Plano, and it may take an extra five to eight minutes drive time, but the long-term care is ten times better sure. just because they have wow. the capacity there. Um, you know, Baylor McKinney is phenomenal with stroke and uh, heart attack. So if we have someone with a heart attack or a stroke, we can take them to Baylor McKinney, and, again, they get really great care. And I know when Methodist comes online, they will be able to have those same capacities eventually too. Mm. So it'll yeah. just make it so much better for the citizens for sure. And oh, awesome. the good news is, is, is Methodist will be the first, but they definitely won't be the last hospital for sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No doubt. No, they're, they're, they, and you know, we're we're cropping up hospitals here in Prosper like they, you know, yeah. just add water type of thing. So <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, really it's amazing. And you know, we're in Children's Health Stadium, so they're they are yeah. very supportive of the community. Yes. And I know we've talked exactly. to administrators about how. Um, you know, the students in the high school get a chance to interact with some of those uh, hospital yeah. jobs. Do we have, you know, do we have first responder type of opportunities for kids in high school to interact with fire and police and, and EMS? Yeah, so it's, uh, yes, we do, actually. Um, we do a lot of uh, career day type things so we can kind of get, get them excited about being fired in the fire service. Um, we're in the early stages of planning a uh, explore program so mm. we can have high school students that can come volunteer um, they would get to, you know, we would train them and, and keep them in safe conditions, but get them around fires and yeah, exactly. motor vehicle accidents, things like that. And, you know, we'd give them all the proper gear and kind of, you know, and then hopefully long term, you know, inspire them to want to be future firefighters as well. So and then we have Citizens Fire Academies as well. That's not high school age, but we still get the community in there and teach them what, what oh. we do. Does a Solana really Fire cool. still have a, uh, a volunteer component to it? Or are we all career? We're, we are 99% career. Okay. So we have two yeah. volunteers left. Uh, one is Jimmy Hollinsworth. Um, he was, uh, he's been the treasurer of our volunteer <laughs> fund and all that stuff for probably years. Probably my next door neighbor, Dick yeah. Smith, is yeah. probably <laughs> the other one. And Dick Smith is our other one. And <laughs> there we go. Nice. So Dick Smith comes in, and he, he works two days a week in admin. And yeah. he, he's, a, he's one of our chiefs. We've, we've promoted him to a division wow. chief. And wow. he, he helps us in so many ways. And he's been a volunteer for 18 years actually wow. he just had his 18 year anniversary yeah, with I us i remember and, when he started with you guys and, awesome. and it's funny he's he's one of the most successful brilliant men you'll ever meet i mean he is Absolutely. truly brilliant man he's he holds patents or he helped develop patents for texas instruments that still makes texas instruments money today and i mean he's just, wow, he man. was very involved with the ti calculator and in, in developing taking it to what it is today so he's you know he, cool. he's an incredible you know brain i mean he uh, he's already forgotten more than i'll probably ever know but <laughs> he's, a, he's a phenomenal guy and he um he jokes about how he wished he would have gotten the fire service sooner that he would have given all that up just to be a firefighter full wow. full, full career and it's i know it's always been his passion and um you know he he he, cool. he actually he and janet his wife bought a um a house in new mexico mm. uh, and it's it's yeah. it's gorgeous got elevation beautiful all that stuff and um, he had some issues with the wildfires, but that's neither here nor there. But he joined the volunteer fire department in New Mexico just because he likes it that much. So <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, so he just can't get away from it. So, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. so we, those are the only two volunteers we have left. Wow. And, wow. and they'll be there as long as they want to be there. That's so you know, sure. we're, we're never going to get rid of them, that's for sure. Yeah. I thought that yeah. might be a way for, you know, 18-year-old kids who were in the high school, you know, sure. could join. I know in, yeah, no in Gunner, I think they have. I know I have a couple of kids in Gunner that yeah. – 
uh, do do fire, you know, mm -hmm. volunteer work, et cetera. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. You can also speak on the ride alongs, right? Can, is that open to the community? Yeah. yeah. So we, we do that mm. occasionally. We do, we do like all any uh, EMT mm. or paramedic student through the Collin College, we, we have uh, an agreement with them so they can do ride alongs. And then also, uh, you know, if, if, if we, we can schedule ride outs here and there, you know, that's really cool. Run. So that's yeah, awesome. Definitely. And, uh, like touching on that note of high school and stuff, obviously mm -hmm. we went to high school, high school yeah. together, Michaela, and, um, <laughs> you know, growing up here in Prosper and Salina, how has that affected your baking style and your cooking style? What has that done to help you evolve or even just kind of create your, your niche in, in cooking, right? Absolutely. I mean, growing up when all of us knowing each other has definitely made me really want to like hone in on that life connected and really hone in on like the family yeah. and the community aspect. Like we've been so blessed to know each other for so long oh, and yeah. it's cool to see that. And I, and I crave that and I love that. Like I want you to come into grannies and I want to know your kids and I want to know your parents and I want to know your friends. And I mean, that's so special to me cause I got that growing up and I'm like, this exactly. is such a unique experience and feeling like you're heard and you're known is so cool. And so I feel like that played a huge part into like my career. I mean, I went to all the places and got to travel, but I never got that feeling of like wholesome family value that I got when I got, when I came back here and That's getting awesome. to pour into the community and meeting so many families. But um, also Prosper High School's programs in general are so elevated. We had a culinary oh, kitchen yeah. in our high school and that helped me gain all the very basic necessities that I needed that like slingshotted me forward when I started culinary school. And I was going to yeah. say, I mean, you left here and went right up to CIA, which, you know, for those that don't know, I mean, that's equivalent to like going to the Harvard of, mm -hmm. of cooking school right? yeah. I mean, <laughs> as, as a foodie and a, and a yeah. you know, lover of all food network things. You know, yeah. you know, Culinary Institute of America is yeah. the top, you know, them, Johnson and Wales, what mm -hmm. have you. But. You know, how did your experience here at Prosper, you know, when you got to CIA, how do you feel like you were better prepared than other kids that came in just saying, oh, I want to be a chef? Absolutely. So um, through the program, I had Chef Goodman at the time, mm -hmm. and she's mm -hmm. still here, which yeah, is amazing. amazing. And uh, we just did teacher lunches on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so it helped us learn how to plan, and it gave us such exposure to so many different cuisines, which was really cool. And, you know, I got a lot of freedom to run with the pastry program and just kind of mm. making it what we wanted to. And then uh, with exposure directly to college, we competed with Pro Start, which they had our junior and senior year. And a lot of the colleges came out to our um, programs out in Waco when we did our presentations mm. and went wow. to competition. And uh, the Culinary Institute actually came to Prosper High School my sophomore year. And I was like, yeah, no, this is this is it. This is where I'm going. We're going. Wow. Here. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So you were sort of kind of recruited, you know, and, and were exposed to them and realized that that would be a, an avenue for you. That's amazing. So, you know, and I know you got some really cool experiences being on the ship. Your particular ship did the inside passage. Is that right? Or. For, uh, what was it, Vancouver to Anchorage and back? What was your... Yeah, so we had um, our northern route and then our southern route. Okay. So our northern route was Canada, Alaska, and then Seattle was where National Geographic's port was out of. Okay. And then our southern route was Baja, Mexico, Costa Rica, Panama, uh, wow. California. We did shipyard there, so every time, every year, we would get boat maintenance in California. Mm. And it was so cool because, you know with a normal cruise line they take you out you get to go and do all these super fun things 
but on National Geographic, they hired National Geographic employees and they educated you on, you know, the wildlife, the food, the experience, like you got to kayak and, you know, I learned a lot about whales because I had no idea and it was awesome. (laughs) Like, you know, you associate whales with the cold, but they're actually born in Baja and you learn how, (laughs) you know, they feed. It's called bubble netting. It's just super cool. And I'm like, you know, they cared about our education. Like, I can't tell you how many times they pulled us out of the kitchen so we can learn something new. And I was like, this is a whole different level of pouring into their employees that I was so lucky to experience. And I was like, I mean, I went scuba diving in Panama and I got to see all this really cool um, stuff underwater. And it was just so fun. I mean, I, I just look back at that time and I was like, I'm so thankful that I took that job. I never thought I would want to join a cruise line and, and looking at it almost two years later, I'm like, I'm so glad I had all that opportunity to be exposed to what I was. There's a a great commercial for, you know, going on Mm -hmm. a smaller, I'm sure the ships were, what was, what was the, the passenger compliment when you were at sea generally? How many people on board? Uh, Our cap was a hundred. A hundred people on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Wow. How yeah. big was the but the ship, That's the awesome. National Geographic? Our fleet was pretty small. I mean, it, we had about 150 people, including all the crew. Um, so I would say, like, to a normal cruise line, we're probably, like, a penny to a quarter. But, you know. <laughs> how big, how physically large was the boat? Was a you know, yeah. 400 feet, 500 foot ship? I mean, not I'm even. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I should probably know that okay. considering yeah, I was really. on it all the time. But, you, I, know. I, you know, it's a Navy guy. I mean, I wants to know that. But certainly, I mean, <laughs> the bottom line is 100 people, that's. Mm-hmm. A very intimate experience. And it sounded like, I recall you telling me that, you know, certain days of the week you would get to join in on the excursions. And, Mm -hmm. and I mean, gosh, you know, for for a young person who grew up in Prosper, Texas, right? We don't have a lot of whale, uh, (laughs) you know, mating going on here, right? To get to go see bubble netting in Baja or Denali National Park or things like that. I'm sure you got to do and maybe grizzlies or who knows what. That's incredible. So, um, you know, it sets you up to run an amazing bakery right here in downtown Salina, <laughs> which we are really especially, again, yeah, uh, excited awesome. about. It. And I know you mentioned that you, and your your new chef code, which courtesy of, thank you, uh, the business here. But <laughs> what, you, uh, <laughs> you know, you're going to have, I think, several different areas. Are you starting off with all those areas? Tell me a little bit about the setup of your new shop. Absolutely. So what's something that's really cool about Granny's is it's kind of like your one-stop shop. You know, I looked around and there's not a lot of bakeries around here. And I was kind of surprised and shocked and I was like you know I learned so much knowledge over my years in this field professionally mm. and I was like how can I take every single one of my experiences and bring them back to Salina Texas and like for me a big point of taking all the career opportunities that I did going to Google and then going to Nashville Tennessee and working at the Gaylord Opryland I was like why would I say no? Like these are opportunities I never thought I'd want to work in corporate. And then I learned so much about culture and care at Google. And then I was like fine dining, large production, high hotel. You know, they worked so hard in Nashville and Opryland. And I learned the importance of how a big team, I mean, we were a team of 11 and we worked out of a basement, but we made some of the coolest plates out of there. And we had a long conveyor belt from one side to the other and cheesecake, cheesecake, cheesecake. (laughs) But it was like, I going there, I realized how much those personal interactions meant something Hmm. to me. So then when National Geographic came on my radar, I was like, okay, maybe. And then I was like, I was studying to get my level one Psalm right before I graduated with my Hmm. bachelor's degree. And I remember sitting there and talking to my dad about this. And I was like, 
you know, this is, would be a really cool opportunity. And so within a span of a month, I graduated college with my bachelor's. I turned 21, got my level one salmon, was on a boat. So it was wow. like, <laughs> it was like a whirlwind. It was just bing, crazy. Bang, boom. Yeah. yeah and awesome. so it's just something that I wasn't like, I, I almost kind of did the flip mantra. Like, what do you want to do? Just don't do that and do something that you wouldn't think you want to do. And cool. now I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. Cause my biggest thing was, you know, I thought I'd open this bakery 10 years from now. Cause I was like, I want hmm. to be able to provide, like I know as a chef and as a business owner, I'm providing the best I physically can to Salina and the area that I grew up in. That's amazing. No, that's, that's incredible. And I think, you know, <laughs> The timing is obviously, you know, if you're not aware of it, I mean, again, with the growth coming, yeah. you're yeah. you're setting yourself up for success. I mean, I feel like the sheer numbers alone will keep you very, very, very busy. Yeah. And Eric, I know how incredibly proud you oh, are, yeah. Michaela, and, and you've got two other amazing kids as well. Yeah. Your daughter, yeah. I know she was a DBU soccer standout. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And your son, who won how many state championships at Gunner? Uh, well, <laughs> if you count, if you ca- uh, several, two, and if you count, if you count the uh, seven on seven, he was the he played wow. in the seven on seven, the first inaugural for Gunner, and, and they won it the state championship that year. As That's well, awesome! So. Yikes! Okay, yeah, so yeah, the, the kids it's have impressive. done well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they did not fall far from the tree yeah. and the success yeah, no tree. But. I was just about to say, look at our two examples. I mean, they couldn't. Yeah. Both of them are so successful <laughs> and are just super humble so it's really cool to grow no, up with for that. sure. well awesome. we missed we missed you know having your son's talent here and prosper that's okay we understand yeah. that <laughs> but you know glad we got to see him from up the road there go yeah. do amazing oh, yeah. things too so yeah, and he's doubt. he's in college currently right yes, and he, playing he's playing uh he's quarterback for northwestern oklahoma um it's up in alva oklahoma it's okay. a small d2 yeah, yeah. school um and he's really enjoying it he uh, COVID was, it, it's been weird for him because his first, his freshman year, he was redshirted, um, you know, coming out of Prosper, he was six foot, 170 pounds. He's mm. going to kill me for telling people <laughs> that, but, uh, you know, but I told him, I was like, man, you got to get bigger. You got to get stronger. And, you know, of yeah. course he thinks he can take on the world. So he, you know, he didn't believe me, but the first couple of times he got hit, he was like, okay, maybe I do need to put some weight on, but he's, uh, he's gained almost two full inches now and wow. he's up over 200 awesome. pounds. So he's. He's almost 6'2 and about 210, 209. That's the last time he got weighed in. So, there we go. so he's gained a lot of weight, gained some height. He's really his, he's filled in. And right. um, and then so his freshman year he was redshirted. His set, his sophomore year was a COVID year, so they didn't play at all. So he got two mm. full years of wow. getting bigger, stronger, faster, and all that stuff. So this last year, um, he's technically going into his junior year of college, um, or actually his senior year, I'm sorry, his senior year of college. Um, but he's only a sophomore in eligibility, so he's got two oh, full years awesome. left. That's amazing of, of eligibility. So he's going to probably hopefully get his master's degree, yeah, um, stay on scholarship there, and play football and really enjoy awesome. it. And then uh, Erica, my oldest, she she played four years at DBU, uh, which is a, a, a upper echelon actually Division two soccer program, and uh, she's been in the NCAA tournament all four years, won her conference wow. all four years, has four conference championship rings. She's got a really cool picture where she's got all her rings on. It looks pretty awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so, you know, she had a great experience, and she's actually a teacher here in Prospero. Oh, wow. So I don't know if she, I that. She's an elementary school teacher, um, and she her passion Heck is yeah. special special needs. That's her passion. When she was awesome. in Prospero, she was very active with Special Olympics. That's kind of her favorite. She gets to work with the kids, still doing athletics, because, you know, if, yeah. if, if they would have had a scholarship for – for football, she would have done that for sure. For for <laughs> girls, her favorite was the every year they had the Powderpuff football game. That right, was, you know that. That. I yeah. do remember. They're, yeah. they're still the only junior team to ever beat the seniors in Powderpuff <laughs> no football doubt. because she like willed them to win. Just they out there mossing. Yeah. Yeah. She was yeah. definitely a standout yeah. athlete. Yeah, so she uh, <laughs> she she had a lot of fun doing that for sure. But um, That's awesome. but yeah, so she she actually is a special needs special education teacher wow. in the elementary school here in Prosper. 
Um, still works with Special Olympics. She actually had an event yesterday. So um, up in Van Alstine. So she's nice. uh, still staying very active. Absolutely loves Prosper and, you know, loves this this school district and and the phenomenal job that, that Holly Ferguson is doing in Prosper mm-hmm. is, oh, is, yeah. is, is, you know, it, it, it permeates through their whole organization as well. They have a great culture there as well. Well, we had, we had Dr. Ferguson on yesterday, as a matter of fact, yes. and, and we've had yeah. the high school principals. We've had Dr. McGlescu from Salina on. You know, oh, yeah. We hope that, you know, this medium that we have a chance to, to broadcast yeah. on, if you will, gets out there and people can, you know, start to piece together, you know, what we're building here in this yeah. area, right? It's exactly. really a special, it's unique fun. area, right? Yeah, it is. It's, it really is fun. And, you know, and, and the cool thing, too, is the, you know, the people really enjoy the interactive stuff. And that's one of the things that Michaela's Bakery, you know, Granny's Bakery is going to bring, too. It's, it's hmm. going to be very interactive. So when you walk in the place, that almost, almost everything's glass. All the kitchens are working kitchens. Oh, that's awesome. Um, wow. All the decoration spaces are going to be open, but there's a ginormous pane of glass. So it's almost like, you know, we want you to see everything that gets done, how the technique. and That's so So, cool. you know, uh, we have a really cool concept for parties. Um, it's called the, the Cupcake Factory. So hmm. we have a um, kind of – so basically what we're going to have is all the pre-made batters in a, in a machine, kind of like a, a margarita machine, but for cake <laughs> batter. Also and like a frozen yogurt place, you know, yeah, like you yeah, can yeah. pick and choose okay. what your flavors okay. are. And, yeah. and oh, that's yeah. kind of what you do is you pick and choose your flavor. So you put the, the flavor batter you want and then you put it on in the cupcake factory. And it's kind of like the Krispy Kreme concept where you can watch it bake right in, right in front of your eyes. So we got an actual pizza oven that has a window on the side. And it puts it, you put it on the awesome. conveyor belt and it goes through the pizza oven and you can watch it bake. And then once the cupcakes are baked, then you take it back in the decorating room. And then uh, Michaela or someone that works for Granny's will show you the techniques on how to decorate the cupcakes and ice them. And, uh, you know, so it'd be a really fun birthday party concept. And sure. so, you know, all the breads, uh, the bread pre- preparation area where all the ovens are and where we bake the cakes and things like that, that'll all be wide open. And we want every, as much interactive experience as possible. And then they're also going to do like charcuterie boards, um, beer and mm. wine. They're going to have a grab and go for hot sandwiches and salads and coffee coffee and the whole yeah so it's going to be a full interactive type it's more than just a bakery it's that's amazing it's and and the other thing that she's working on too that we haven't quite (laughs) got the concepts now because we haven't opened yet but we're she's going to have guest uh guest chefs you know and and so we might bring joey in and show how to to make a a really cool sandwich or something that we may feature that month in the in the in the bakery so um you know different types of chefs and things and then hopefully we can build a you know like a, a you know a podcast like what we're doing right now Absolutely. or um you know a youtube channel that she can you know broadcast her her how to's and no you know and long term we even thought about selling kits so like you could it's a take-home kit and then hmm. you log on and michaela will do it on the screen in front of you while you're doing it in your home and you know and it shows you all the techniques on how to decorate cakes and that's you know, super so, interesting, and, and, and you know it's 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 actually really fun because um, you know we've been baking out of our house. That's what we've done up to this <laughs> point, yeah. and um, I knew nothing about baking. I really didn't. I knew it tasted good, <laughs> yeah. and I enjoyed eating them. That's about yeah. as far as my knowledge went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Michaela taught me how to bake, and, oh and now wow. every Sunday we bake the cakes for the week. So we're. We started out at eight cakes a week, and we're up over 45 last count oh yeah. a goodness. week now. Mm-hmm. So we're baking 45 wow. cakes a week um, out of our house, and, and <laughs> I do all the baking on Sunday. So even she can even teach me how to do it. It's like mm-hmm. that old commercial. You can even teach a man how to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's me. So Well, and uh, what's also cool, too, is that party room I want to use as a multipurpose room as well because, like, yeah. I've been so blessed in this community, and I just did a pop-up at Terramania, which is another boutique. And I just got reached out to do a pop-up at both Buff Cities here in Prosper and oh, Salina. Cool. Oh, yeah. And so it's just like paying that forward, paying that community aspect forward. So if 
you know, somebody wants to come in and teach, you know, class, or if you guys want to do like a, this is how we do our podcast or the, you know, just fun, interactive things. And, you know, a big thing is just, you know, my fire blood is really strong and we're doing where we we're opening really early. So that way our first responders, police and fire can get breakfast that's not out of a gas station, you know, and we're doing something Mm. special too. I just did a huge outreach on my Facebook on patches from all different states. So that way I can post it on the bakery and just kind of show that, you know, blood does run thick and I just love our first responders. So any way I can showcase like, Hey, we're really a bakery, but we're Salinas bakery. We're prosperous bakery. We're a real everybody's space. And that's why it was, important to keep it open important to wow. you know have our fingers in many different pools for sure no that's, that's amazing super interesting and uh you know it it should catch fire uh, <laughs> <laughs> again <laughs> Maybe, hopefully not literally yeah, yeah. Literally. that would be terrible <laughs> no, but, you know, I don't, yeah always yeah. always uh, you know a good bakery is something that you know we don't have a lot of that in Texas, right? We just went up to New York, uh, Long Island recently yeah. to visit family. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, you go to New York, I mean, there's bakeries on every corner. And, yeah. you know, the they talk about oh, the bagels and the Italian bread. Yeah. And, and, you know, I oh, my cousin said, you know. I loaves of semolina <laughs> bread while we were yeah. there. It was so unreal. Good. He was trying to get a loaf of bread from one of his guys. Like, hey, you know, I don't make, this, uh, I don't make that uh, semolina bread no more. You know, we, we went to a, a bakery in, in um, Arthur Avenue in Brooklyn where... They have ovens that are a hundred years old, you know. And we wow. and Lewis and I got to go back and look at the oven and the coal that they have shoveling in there to bake. And it's like, you know, wow. yeah, that's that cool. stuff that's been there, right? Mm-hmm. This is all brand new, yeah, 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 right. So we're we're building on this new, but to have a bakery concept like you're creating in a in a new town, really. I mean, yeah. Salina has been around for we're getting ready to celebrate what a hundred years yeah. here. I know we've got a fire department history coming out yeah, wow. yeah. and uh, you know, having this to grow now for the next hundred years, right? This will, we'll look back on this in 20 years ago. Wow. Can you remember when we were this little bitty town, Yeah, yeah. you know, but That's you'll awesome. be a, an integral part of that. And we're, we can't <laughs> be more excited for your success. Uh, believe doubt. me yeah, I doubt. <laughs> for, for many reasons. So I know, um, um, you know, I know the Salina Fire Department is in schoolhouses a lot, mm-hmm. getting kids, you know, excited yeah. and wanting to be firemen. I know one of my cousins who lives down in San Antonio has finished fire school. He's working on EMT school. But, awesome. you know, what is something that you tell young men and young women who aspire to be firefighters and, and want to get into it? What advice do you have for people like that? I think the biggest thing is, you know, do you have a passion to serve others? You know, I mean... We, at the core of what we do, we're, we're, we're here to serve the community. You Absolutely. Know? And when people are at their worst, um, that's when we're there to help, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's very rewarding in a lot of ways. I always, I always tell them too, you know, there's so much, um, you know, emphasis on being successful, right? And to me, being successful is more than just monetary because you're, yeah. you're, you're never going to be a millionaire being a firefighter. That's unfortunate, but it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to happen, you know? Yeah. So if you're doing this to get rich, this is not the job for you, you no know, doubt. but you get rewarded in so many other ways and you know being able to really truly help people makes a, it really does it makes a huge difference and i think it 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 changes you i think and it um you know i think that's the mm. thing that, you, that they have to understand is that when you're getting into this you're getting into help others it's it's not about you anymore it's about serving others and you know our 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 kind of our culture is built around a servant leadership type you know concept we want every member of our department from the newest firefighter all the way up to the fire chief Wow. to be servant leaders and they're serving each other as much as they are serving the community. And I think that's, that's, awesome. the, that's the key and it makes us so successful. 
And it's, um, you know, we're very, it is a family. These guys, you know, the way that our schedule works is they work 24 hours on, on shift and then they're off for 48. So, um, you know, while they're up there, they're eating together, they're sleeping together, they're working out together, mm, they're yeah. making calls together. Mm. And they're also a great uh, sounding board for each other. So, you know, if they're having mm. struggles at home or, or, you know, struggles with a call that just went on, they have mm. a huge uh, peer uh, support group, um, you know, to, to be able to lean on with each other. So That's I think, it, it, I think the important thing is people understand what they're getting into, you know, so Absolutely. I, and, and, you know, and, and the, the other thing that, that I do personally is, um, I mentor, I try to mentor as many young guys that are trying to get in the fire service as possible. And there's been several that I've really, really liked that I think are phenomenal guys and be phenomenal firefighters that we just didn't have the openings at the time. And they're working in other cities right now. And I, the way I see yeah. that is, is that, you know, the fire service as a whole is stronger, you know, helping these guys get jobs and, and, you know, and I'd love for the, I'd love to hire them all. I really would. And, you know, and and we will be there someday where we're going to have, you know, two, three, 400 firefighters Mm. in our department. Uh, but you know, right now we just don't, we, we have to grow as only as fast as we can with the, you know, with the the, the, the funds that we have available to us. So it's, you know, to me, it's important to try to help, help those people and, and, and truly care about them and don't just, you know, don't give them the rhetoric, give them rhetoric, just tell them the truth, you know, and if they, you know, we'll do mock interviews or talk about interview type questions. And if they answer poorly, I'll tell them, you know, that, that you're not going to do well in an interview because hmm. the way you're, you're coming across is not genuine, you know, and I, and, and I think the biggest thing for all these fire departments and, you know, and the way we do our interviews too, we have a, a panel that has a firefighter, a driver operator, a, a captain and a battalion chief, and then myself. So all of us have different perspectives, you know, and, but all the guys that are on the panel other than myself are all on shift. So when they're interviewing these these young prospective firefighters, whether men, women, um, they're they're thinking, do I want that person to be on shift with me? Do I want them to be side by side with me when yeah. we're up at three in the morning on a on a car accident or at a structure fire or mm. whatever that looks like? And and I think a lot of people think they have to have the right answer all the time. They have to have these perfect canned answers in these interviews, and they really <laughs> don't. If they pull back that curtain and kind of explain who they are and and let you know For who sure. they are as a person. That's that's going to make you so much more appealing to the fire department than anything you could say that's you know the perfect Googled answer <laughs> for those, yeah. those interview questions. The perfect so, AI answer, yeah, actually. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Goodness. Chat so, you know, so for us, it's more about hiring the right person. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. train them. We'll, we, we can train them to be a good firefighter. We can train them to be a good firefighter or paramedic. We can train them for all those things. But we can't train as your heart. You know, mm. you have the heart for the service, and that's yeah. and that's really what it boils down to. And that's and huge. and. You know, and same with PD. They they have different. They you know we we think a little differently. The the blue and the red and all that <laughs> stuff. But um, you know they also have very servant hearts as well. You know they're there to protect. Um, you know, unfortunately for them, they you know most of the time you, people get interact with them is when they're getting speeding tickets mm-hmm. or whatever. But they they do True. so much much more than that. You sure. know, and uh, you know our we we just hired a new police chief not too long ago, John Cullison, and he's been a really yeah, yeah. breath of fresh air for Salina as well. And He's um, he's made a really strong point to, for us to be collaborative and, and make sure that mm. we're in unison on everything, and it, it really has helped a lot. And he's a phenomenal man as well. So, that's I think awesome. that, you know, just in general, I know it's a very long-winded answer to your question, but I think no, that's, it's, that's it's all about making sure that you know, because you don't want someone to spend all that time going to fire school, going through EMT school, and then they find that it's really not for them. You know, that, yeah. and and so it's important that they understand what they're getting into. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's very rewarding and very fun, and and it's been a very it's been a blessing in my life. It really has. Um, I'm going on 28 and change now total um, years in the fire service, and I wouldn't That's trade amazing. any any time away from that at all. And it's That's it's awesome. um, you know my role has changed, 
Um, my, the, most of the fires I fight now are administrative fires, <laughs> but, but they're still equally fun. And it's, For sure. it's fun watching these guys that, um, you know, the, in their younger, their, their younger versions of me and, yep. and, and, and helping them reach their goals. And, you know, in, in our department, we've, we've done a big stress on, on training, education. Um, all of the battalion chiefs we have are getting their degrees or have their degree. I have some captains that are future battalion chiefs that will be, you know, getting their, their degrees right now. So it's, it, you know, it's something I think it's important to stress is that, you know, be thinking about where you want to go and then we'll give you the tools and the resources you need to get there and you yeah. know, helping them kind of get that succession planning and hopefully training them to replace me, you know, very soon, you know, well, hope not too soon, <laughs> not but sooner <laughs> rather than later. So, I was yeah. going to say, careful what you it, wish it, yeah. Yeah. on that one, right? Exactly. Awesome. No, this, awesome. uh, well, hey, this has been an amazing conversation. It's, uh, it runs quick and even yeah. quicker when we've got two people, which Absolutely. is, which is awesome, <laughs> but we've loved talking with you. Um, the last thing I'll, I'll push out to both of you for you, mm -hmm. for Salina, uh, the fire department and for you for just you or granny sweets. Uh, but where do we, where do people find you? Right. Is it on social media online? How do people find y'all? No, it's great. Um, uh, so for the fire department, uh, I would say social media is the best way. Um, our Facebook okay. page is very robust. Um, yep. our Instagram, we are, I believe we're on TikTok now, so we're getting oh there. Uh, yeah. So we're getting, we're trying to get all Ooh. those things. Uh, we're, we're our, um, we have an admin and, uh, and social, uh, media coordinator manager awesome. um, and she is phenomenal her name's jessica and she does a great job nice. of pushing all of our social media presence and it helps us kind of get our message out and then any kind of uh, open houses that we have coming but definitely facebook um you know we have a web page as well but that's more informational based sure. but I, and, and a lot of times a lot of what we've done is put the links to the facebook page because that's <laughs> one that kind of yeah. all the fun stuff Perfect. the videos and things Absolutely. like that so Facebook's Smart. the Salina Fire Department is best. The probably the best place to find us is Facebook and, and uh, Instagram, things like that. Perfect, cool. perfect. Michaela, and how about you? For me, I have Facebook and Instagram. Facebook following is definitely where I get a lot more of my people um, to interact with me. But honestly, streets of Salina, I've, I'm there every day. You will see <laughs> yeah. me in a restaurant or on the street or. A, very soon in the bakery. Like I definitely, if you're looking for me, look for me in downtown. Absolutely. What's the address yeah. for the bakery? Um, yeah. The bakery address is 401 West Pecan Street, Salina, Texas. So Perfect. awesome. Yeah. Hope, I hope you're featuring pecan pies on that menu because oh, yeah. with that address, it seems only fitting, but I know everything oh, yeah. will be super delicious. We yeah. can't wait. In fact, grand opening coming up soon. Hopefully, yes. We're working out our little bit loose ends, and we'll, then we'll be open, and I just can't wait to start serving this community. Soft so open. Exciting. I think soft open in March. Hopefully, yeah. End of okay. this month, early March, um, and then our grand opening will be not too long after that. We just want to time block that wow. in, Lou, get the openings <laughs> on there. We don't yep. want to be knocking on the door when that happens. No exactly. doubt. No well, no thank doubt. you both so much for coming out today. I know we got kind of iced out a week or so ago, but... Yeah. It was well worth the wait, and uh, you've provided some great content. And we can't wait for everybody to meet you, Michaela, yeah, at your new shop. And Eric, I know yeah. you got a lot of great things going on there. So Absolutely. without further ado, Lewis, why don't you go ahead and uh, get us out of here? Yeah, this has been a great conversation with Assistant Fire Chief Eric Everson and Granny Sweets owner Michaela Everson. And, you know, just a little taste of life here in North Dallas. All right, strike up the band. Here we go. Ha, ha, ha.